hello everyone uh, welcome back uh, it's been a long time that we've not uh, published a podcast so we are back with another uh, discussion today uh, today we're going to talk about open source software and how it has uh, main it has been prevailing in the world and how it affects every one of us every developer every software engineer and each one of us who is in the IT industry or in the software industry and today I have two participants two guests I must say uh, in this uh, podcast so let's go around the table and they will introduce themselves thank you Sukhat uh, hi everyone so I am Kabir I'm a technology enthusiast and a learner so far I've been working uh, here at leafrog as a uh, technology lead and also it's been uh, around eight years I've been involved in this software development industry uh, thank you so uh, uh, my name is uh, Rovis so uh, it's been like around uh, five to six years I think uh, I've been in software engineering and I'm practicing software engineering uh, so my background I must say is uh, uh, related to uh, computer science and uh, mathematics a bit uh, I've been doing a lot of open source and I'm learning from a lot of open source projects recently and I'm trying to uh, progress myself into this field uh, piece by piece so I guess this is about me thank you yeah thank you thank you for being on the show guys uh, so uh, I'm Sagadazari, as you already know, I'm the host of the show, so let's get started. Um, so let's first start with a basic question. So what do you think is open source software or how do you uh, define open source software? To me, when the word open source comes into uh, mind, I understand it as sharing and collaborating with the community, the software that you build. Right. So defining open source, I would say like it's a s software that you distribute freely, not just distribute freely, but if you even allow the source code to be distributed freely so that everybody in the community who are willing to contribute or collaborate with you uh, can. Right. And you together build the software with the community built for the community, used by the community, and maintained by the community. So I think that is what open source means. And it's distributed freely. That means non-commercially, right? So I think that's uh, what I understand from open source. For me, also open source is, open source is basically about, uh, it's an idea. I mean, it's about culture. I mean. Uh, before open source, there was also a project, right? There was also a software, and there was also different uh, ideas that was flowing around, but there was not a, literally a term called open source. Uh, but recently, it's been like, uh, we tend to prefer to use the word open source when we try to communicate or when we try to share our projects with other individuals, when you try to help each other. So uh, for me, open source is about open collaboration. It's about uh, helping each other. It's about being a programmer and being someone who could help each other and uh, contribute as a combined it's it's about a collaborative process and it's about us uh, individual and sharing modifying and using uh, it for whatever they want uh, moving on to the next question uh, how do you guys uh, dive into open source or what what uh, made you realize that there are open source software out there so how did you if you can remember 
how did you get into open source and uh, how did you get started basically mm -hmm. I didn't really actually uh, realized about how I got started into open source basically I mean first for me uh, I looked around I looked around different problems that was uh, in the computer science or software engineering practices and I started solving the problems and when I started solving the problems I realized there was something called github uh, that I can host my code on and that people can look and people can uh, share this code and use this code uh, into their own problems so basically for me uh, when I realized that there was something called open source I already had looked into the different problems and different uh, <coughs> problems that was in the comp uh, prob in the software engineering itself so uh, I would actually call like we, we don't really contribute to open source project. We basically f figure out the problem that there exists in a particular given solution and we uh, solve the problem. And if we like to share the problem or, or share the solution to other individuals, then we basically tag it as an open source. For me, I think that how it works as open source. For me, uh, I'm not quite sure when uh, I actually get started with open source, but I think gradually I did. So uh, the first thing is uh, our, our kind of job that we do develop software for people. So requires use of a lot of open source software. So I think everybody use it, all the companies use it, right? So, and that is how I think I got used to the concept of open source softwares, which are available softwares or software packages or something. So uh, being more familiar with these, uh, I think uh, I learned somehow to collaborate, ask questions, report issues, uh, uh, respond to thread and stack overflow. And I think that is how it all got started. And when uh, I have something uh, that I can share with the community, uh, and I think uh, I just created a public repository on GitHub, maintained it. And I think that is somehow I see like a few years back, like how it eventually started. But I think it mostly uh, uh, we are already into open source because we rely on the open source. So that is, uh, you eventually get started with open source uh, already when you get started with the uh, industry, right? So I think that's it. Yeah, I think uh, I agree to the guys. I think we are kind of lucky that we have this open so use source of repository that we can find and we can find solutions to different computer science problems or problems that we are dealing with in everyday life in software engineering. And there's GitHub these days. Everybody, most of the people at least was code in GitHub and it's easy to find. So yeah, I think an open source has been a big hit in all over the world and especially GitHub has been promoting open source right from the start and it has been doing great these days so th so that makes me ask you another question so what made you uh, contribute to open source or maybe you if you can remember what kind of challenges that you find find or what kind of solutions that you did not find maybe that made you deep dive into open source or maybe look into others repositories or maybe create your own solutions so um, how how did that went uh, so as far as I remember I think uh, the first project that I did open source and made it public was uh, some kind of migration tool right so the problem was uh, uh, we were developing a 
a software project on, in Laravel, and we were using uh, the Laravel's provided artisan tool for migration and all that. So that project we maintained for like a year or so, and we were pretty much comfortable with Laravel and all the packages and uh, tools it provided. But uh, later on, we had a, another side project on that same project, and it was not Laravel. It was something else, right? And the case was a little bit different, and we could, we had to do database migrations in that as well, but we could not find any generic tool that could do it, and we cannot use Laravel's migration tool in that as well. But what we thought was we took, uh, we created a separate package. We, uh, I mean, extended Laravel's uh, migration library and the, the foundational database abstraction layer and put it into the uh, package and open sourced it. So in that way, you can use the Laravel's, the same Laravel's uh, database migration functionality in all other pro PSP projects, which was not in Laravel. So that was the first thing. Uh, so firstly, it was not open source. We use it ourselves first, and then we made it generic enough and it was open source. So I think that was the first thing, and eventually, then on, we started more and more, and I think it, it is how I got motivated to contribute more. Not only contribute, not, uh, contribute I mean, not only building our own stuff, but even contributing uh, in some way to other open source projects, right? So I think that was it. I think the one of the key most uh, important factor for uh, contributing or motivates that co motivates me to contribute in open source projects is the large and vast amount of different diverse problems that exist in computer science because uh, when i look at different problems there i mean there's a problem of uh, you know I, I, for me like uh, there are two most difficult problems that uh, exist in computer science they are a distributed system one and another security because all the rest of the other problems are i mean what do you say? I mean, uh, relatively easy, I would say. Like, and uh, when I look uh, into these problems, I uh, define these different sets of uh, problems into either being a single process or in-process problem or across-process problem. So for me, like, uh, also looking at, um, if I look into the different uh, uh, paradigm of programming language, I looked into uh, functional language and I looked into object-oriented language or um, so. There are different ways of solving the problems, right? Because we try to tend to solve the problems differently based on the different language we have. And there's a uh, problems in a functional language as, a, as well as a problem in object-oriented language or as a problem in what do you call um, streams. And there's a problem in a batch operations. There is a inbound request. There is an outbound request. There is atomicity problem. There's a cross-process transaction problem. So these are all the different problems that keeps me excited, that, that keeps me uh, going forward to solve, try to, or at least try to solve this kind of problem. So uh, basically when I started, uh, it was kind of a four or five years ago, I started in a Python as a major programming language. And what I tried was, uh, I used to build a lot of crude application. I used to build a lot of REST full application. And then I used a framework called Flask, I guess. It's not a basically a frame framework, but a micro framework, right? So uh, what I used to do is a lot of generate, a lot of modules, generate a lot of post, yeah, put, delete, request, all these kind of things. So uh, what I figured out, like, uh, there was a lot of repetitions going on. I mean, I was establishing a lot of uh, database connections. I was uh, doing repetitive tasks all over again. So what I found was 
if I could somehow uh, define a model and then automatically generate a crude application or uh, some sort of uh, application that exposes a REST API automatically. So I think uh, I figured out it would uh, reduce a lot of time for me during a development. So I started there. I uh, tried to write uh, day in and day out for that uh, for that particular problem and finally solved it. And then what happened was like when I started a new project or when I uh, tried to build up on a new web application, I used to just define a model and it would automatically expose the REST API for me. That would uh, basically speed up my development itself. So uh, I think that's how I started uh, in OpenSense project or at least motivates me. Yeah, similarly for me, uh, it's kind of the same. So I had, I remember this one problem that I had uh, uh, way past like six years ago where we needed to plot a map of Nepal and there was no uh, when there was no kind of data associated with the map of Nepal or all the boundaries that that went through it so what we had to do back then was we had to create a geojson file which is like a plotting of the all the boundaries and rectangles and so what the, I did back then was I just open sourced the rectangles that we created from this GIS thing and made a GeoJSON file and then only published that to GitHub. So I think people are still using it and I find it fascinating that after six years of uh, doing that, people still use that GeoJSON library and plot the graphs in the web. So that's how I started. So the motivation was that there was no such kind of thing or I couldn't find any of that and I just pushed it to GitHub. Um, so uh, it... Uh, Someone who is coming new to the industry or maybe who is n not that, uh, who is only using the stuff out there and does not know much about open source or maybe does not know how to contribute to open source, how can they get started? So my question would be that. Uh, someone uh, who is just starting or who is just trying to figure out uh, to contribute an open source project, I would rather suggest him to don't look, ju just don't try to contribute to open source project for the sake of contributing it. I mean, you have to look into uh, what actually the problem is. You have to look into how that problem uh, arises in the first place, first place itself. So. Uh, I think if you are beginners or if you just want to just, uh, if you're just starting out, I think the uh, most uh, basic thing that you need to do is just find something that is easy enough for you to look into a code base itself because there are a lot of open source projects that is complex and complicated. And uh, for me, when I started out, I mean, I used to just aim higher and I used to just always fall back because there was a lot of complexity there and I couldn't figure out how to um, uh, even contribute or how to even uh, proceed uh, on those paths. So. It was initially very difficult for me to even just comprehend the amount of source code that was in the open source project itself. So uh, just start small, just uh, look into the uh, basics of uh, simple open source projects. And uh, uh, so I think uh, that's how you want to get started in open source project. And if and if the, uh, the project is complex and that you want to know more about the projects, I think the uh, trick or the tips is to like, go to the first commit basically go to the first commit and then you'll find the basic mvp of that particular projects that you are interested in and then the projects 
eventually uh, grows uh, in terms of complexity but if you want to get just get started or if you want to just know the essence of an open source project or if you want if you are particularly interested in any open source project just go to the first comment because that's how i got started in looking into the source code and i think that's uh, i would suggest anyone who is beginning or who is just starting to uh, look into different open source projects and figure out how to contribute it uh, yes, I would agree with uh, Robus on like you should not contribute just for the sake of contributing, right? So uh, I would say like if you are a beginner, then I think uh, firstly just like what Robus said, you would need to understand what the tool that you want to contribute to does, or if you want to build your own. So you need to be aware that there is no uh, if you need to check if there are already tools uh, that you are trying to build, right? And you need to ask yourself, do you really need to build from scratch? Why can't you uh, use the own uh, the available uh, packages? And you can ask, like, if, is it actively maintained? If it is not, then you can find something else. But if there are already tools available, uh, but it partially fits your needs, then you, you can ask your question. So can you help it customize, or can you help uh, any improve that uh, available software right so now for the first uh, when you have not contributed to open source yet so it might be overwhelming at first so so i would suggest like it doesn't have to be coding or it doesn't have to be building it could be asking it could be answering it could be uh, following a thread on stack overflow because in stack overflow you can see like a lot of things almost everything is about open source tools packages and softwares, right? Apart from some, there are some of the for SaaS as well, but mostly it's for open source. And even you can follow GitHub issues, uh, follow the, those thread, right? Be aware about the, the projects that are available. And since we are in the software development industry, so everybody ha has to have, I mean, be aware about the tools, right? So in every kind of project, we use open source packages. So I think the first step would be you getting familiar with those tools. And you can ask yourself, is there a way that you can contribute them? And I think there would always be answer. You can always contribute. It could be documentation. It could be writing tests, right? You do not. You can start with very basic thing. You can just. There are always a need for uh, improvements in the documentation in even the most maintained projects, right? So I think it's a very good point to start. Like uh, create an issue in any renowned open source project and, and see their source code, see what's missing, where you can fill the gap, right? The documentation, you can just provide one more line. So I think that would be your starting point, right? And later you can uh, write tests, you can report bugs, you can like fix bugs, right? Uh, there could be like uh, easy uh, issues for you, right? Uh, so I think those could be uh, your starting point. And eventually when you get used to it, then I think you will find your way to collaborating more and more and actively maintaining your own. So I think that would be uh, uh, something I would suggest to the, the beginners. Yes, um, it's yeah, as Kabir said, it's not only about contributing only code, it's about contributing to the community and to the maybe readme docs or maybe creating issues or maybe reading the issues out because there, there are some repositories there where you find it's like uh, for only the first contributor 
or maybe it's like easy to uh, contribute so these tags you can find these tags on different repositories and you can see go and check them out and you can even ask questions because the contributors are really helpful in some of the big projects and then then you can get started in open source i think that is how i got started in open source as well i just fixed readme's and then i went to the docs and okay read about some stuff and okay then realize that okay this is how it works and then try to solve a problem and then got my first pull request merged uh yes i think that is how anyone who is new to open source or maybe wants to open contribute to open source uh can do it uh, another great way i find it is uh in most of the open source project that is properly maintained we have a lot of tests if you don't understand the code first look at the tests so and when you because the tests are mostly verbose in most of the languages and you can see that they they kind of check for all the things uh, to get the coverage as well and to make sure that their open source project is robust so if you don't understand the code at first you can go to the test because they are small pieces of unit uh, level course uh, tests and then you can understand okay so this is what they are trying to do so you get a sense of understanding of the code and then you can deep dive into what's in the source code itself yeah another fascinating uh, question is so where would we be without open source technologies what would be the world like so i think <laughs> we cannot even imagine right now what it be what would it be like to create all those frameworks by yourself or maybe develop something from right from the scratch day in day out i think there will not exist these kind of softwares that we use our uh, softwares that make our life easier so what do you think guys where would we be without uh, internet and this open source repository that we have or open source tools that we have it's a great question so and i think we know the answer so so we do not know like where the world would be but i i would say like it would not be the world that we know right now at least in the computing domain or at least in the world of it and software because if we see the history so all the big companies to startups to small companies to even non it companies everywhere all the systems i mean i mean relies upon some kind of open source software infrastructure on any kind of tools or something that is open source let's say linux right so we cannot imagine like how many systems right even 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 android kernel is dependent on linux i mean based on linux so think about gcc think about git you do not have to think about react which is a, just a newcomer in the industry right but linux these kind of things even the a lot of posix tools so all these are the bare bones these are the foundation of all the other software tools that we uh, i mean develop even the proprietary software right so all the big companies and the small that build software for the world rely on open source Facebook was built with open source technologies and they contribute back to the community. Google was uh, built with open source uh, tools. They might have used other tools, uh, proprietary tools, SaaS products, software as a service, right? A lot of tools could be used, but eventually it boils down to somewhere you would have to use open source, right? and let's imagine if every uh, s s tools uh, like linux git and everything was available but they, uh, you have to pay, pay the price now imagine the world that we would be in 
right? You would have to pay for everything because it cascades to everything you pay for, right? right? If your production cost is high, if your development cost is high because you have to pay for the software that, everything that you use to build the software, then of course your selling cost would be high, right? So I think I would not, I cannot imagine like uh, what the world could be like, but I think the, the exponential progress, uh, the, the fast-paced progress that we have gone through using the open source uh, uh, I, in the community, I think uh, we, are, we owe to the open source community and the, the developers or the people who have contributed right, voluntarily uh, to make this happen. So I think we do need to be grateful to the open source softwares and the contributors. Yes. So I think we'll have no communities. We, we talk about community and community all the time in open source. I think if the, if everything was closed, closed source, or maybe none of the stuff were available, I think it would be really hard for anyone to deep dive into the software engineering or maybe in, even in hardware engineering because it, it's like, now we can see not only open source software, we can see open source hardware and stuff. So I think it would be really hard f uh, to communicate and to do all the stuff that we do easily right now in just a minute of time. It goes out down to all the work that's been done from the ground or from the Linux kernel to, the, to Git and to everything that we know right now. Um, you guys both have open source projects or maybe you have contributed to some of the projects. Uh, so can you give us some insight on how, how did you start or maybe you have given some clues how, how did you start. So maybe how, how is the process like? Uh, what, what, ha what happens when someone creates an issue? How do you respond or how do you collaborate? Basically open source is about collaboration as well. So how do you guys collaborate in those environments when you create your own open source project because not everyone will create their own open source project because there are pro there are tools that already solve a problem they will they will contribute to those software but if you are a maintainer of one how how do you go about doing it uh, if i'm um, if i'm i mean maintaining my own open source projects uh, for example i've been doing like two to three projects that's uh, open source and that I'm trying to maintain. So it's basically uh, JS immutable. One is the JS immutable that solves or tries at least to solve the problem of immutability in JavaScript. And then I already said about the Python projects and then a few projects related to uh, validations and um, uh, data structures, right? So for me, if there's any pull requests or if there is any, um, I mean, uh, issues to the particular repo or the uh, I mean, open source my project. So, what I try to do is I try to uh, understand the actual scenario that he's trying to give me. I mean, because uh, that's need to be a, some sort of filter. Because uh, if everyone tries to uh, create a, a pull request or everyone tries to um, uh, share the issue with us, so I think uh, there needs to be a, some sort of uh, criteria that we need to figure out or some sort of boundary that we need to set. Uh, so that we can even uh, uh, we can com comprehend the particular problem that he's trying to share to us and then if that problem is f uh, faced by a lot of individuals um, other than him or her um, i think uh, that i would consider and i would try to uh, either help or write myself a piece of code that solves the particular problem that he's trying to solve 
I think uh, that's how I maintain and that's how I collaborate with people. And also if someone tries to help with me or someone tries to uh, make a PR of my particular open source projects, I try to be as much as respectful and as much as kindful to them because I think that's the one thing that um, is missing in a lot of individuals or a lot of software engineers these days because um, uh, we don't respect each other basically. I mean, uh, not all, not all the time. Most, uh, most of the time the problem is that Mm. Uh, our, I, I think our background is also different because we come from different community, different society, so uh, there's also a, a gap in all. But I think the most important thing is be awesome to people, be kindful to people, uh, try to comprehend them, try, try to understand the problem they are facing, and just um, uh, try to understand or try to help them in you know, such a way that they also benefit from us and they also benefit uh, from uh, the community itself because we are not just one single open source project. It's a combined uh, power that we have in open source projects, I think. And that's how I try to uh, maintain a project. Uh, so I would agree with Robos on that. So I think uh, open source projects are <clears throat> there for the community, right? So it has to be useful for the people and uh, not just you, right? So I think, uh, yeah, I agree with uh, what he have said. Like if there is somebody who wants to use your uh, uh, open source tool or package, so I think you would need to be helpful to them, understand them, question them, or try to help them as much as possible. But uh, but you would also need to analyze their need, but it might be out of scope for your tool, right? Because there, the landscape of open scores is huge. There are a lot of uh, tiny packages. There are a lot of big tools, and uh, right? So so you, you should try to help them as much as possible, right? And going back to Saugat's question uh, on like uh, my kind of open source project, so uh, I would say all the open source projects that I did have emerged from the some other projects that I do in my job, right? So the problem is I face a problem in uh, some projects like it could be login, it could be deployment, it could be monitoring or something, and I try to build some kind of uh, I mean, solve the problem just for that project, but and then think later, if could if that could solve this, that part of code could solve a problem in my project, why could not it solve other pro people's pro problem, right? And why could it not be open source? Of course we can, right? Of course it could be. So that is how I created a lot of projects. Like a boss is some example, which was a very minimal fabric script, and it evol evolved as a package. Now it could be used in a lot of projects as a deployment tool, right? Based on SSH. So, and similar at Chill. So it was a script that uh, pings services, and it was similar to Boss, which was like it would ping all the services in my system. There were a lot of uh, services in a project I was did before. So I just created a script that does nothing but pings all those in a certain interval of time. And when any deployment or any downtime happens, it would just let us know on Slack or HipChat. So that was the main purpose. And now it evolved as open source project. Now we are aiming to make it a open source, free of cost monitoring tool, right? So, so I think uh, all those things emerge from the problem itself. But the problem, if you solve it for yourself and the pro it, the, your code solves a problem for yourself, why could it or not it solve for other people? So there, uh, there is a bit of work that you need to do 
because the, the, the solution that you write for yourself has to be gener generic enough to be used in a lot of different projects, right? So you might need to refactor, you might need to change the whole flow and all store sort of things, right? Uh, publish it as a package, NPM package, Python package, or, or something. But I think you would need some work. And when you are open sourcing it, to make it useful for the, for the people, I think you would need to uh, comply with some kind of standards, I would say, not if uh, criteria, some things like you, it has to be tested. Right, you, it has to have full co co uh, coverage of tests. It has to have good documentation because you understand it's your tool; you can use it. But other people would not have any idea of how to use it, right? So I think you can provide a basic set of documentation. You can provide a license, like it's a must, right? You have to provide a license, like Apache license, MIT, or you can pick one, and you have to be open, right? So it's open source. That means you are allowing people to collaborate as well. So I think you can create tick, uh, issues like, okay, this is uh, for uh, uh, anyone who want to uh, begin or something like that. So I think that, and you need also need to follow a, a, a standard versioning process like semantic versioning. It needs to stick with the community standards, right? So I think these are a few of the things that you need to take care and we have been doing. So that would be it. Yeah, I completely agree to, to the guys what the guys said and I especially I liked what Robert said. Uh, you have to be open to what people are saying and you have to be kind to them because sometimes when we use someone's other's packages or someone's solution, what we think they think is that we owe our problem to them. And we create an issue directly without knowing the context of what they're trying to solve. Uh, is it out of scope? So in that case, I think we need to be kind enough to know that, okay, this guy is probably trying to solve this problem and he's doing it for free. It's not completely his job to solve an issue that we are kind of facing. Maybe that is out of scope or maybe we've not done enough research. There is maybe a way around, a workaround that we could easily do. So I think uh, that's, that's where we are lacking and we need to be empathetic on the maintainer side because some of the projects that we use are being maintained by one single person and uh, it takes a lot of uh, energy to go through each of the issues and maintain that, that take that pressure uh, off and solve someone's problem and create our own problem instead so I think uh, we need to be kind to people and we need to know what the boundaries are. Adding on to Sogat, um, uh, what, what Sogat said, like uh, I had a problem in a React application uh, recently. It was about a React router, right? So what I f first did was I created a pull request or issue, uh, firstly issues and uh, it was not addressed. And, and then I created a pull request. So um, what uh, I, I waited for weeks or so and uh, it didn't uh, reply, they didn't reply. So. Uh, uh, I thought, I think uh, the problem that I was trying to solve was out of context, basically what Sogat said. Uh, it was not the problem of theirs because they are just there to do their job, right? Because they have their uh, full-time jobs and they are just uh, maintaining some open source projects that 
they it, it might help other individuals for example me or anyone else right so uh, what i did in those that scenario was i just forked that project right because uh, we can do that easily and that we can um, modify it we can enhance it and uh, basically create our own project because open source mean just means that you can modify you can fork it you can extend it you can enhance it because open source is not only about trying to contribute in one single project you can basically duplicate that you can basically enhance that right so that is what i did personally if uh, the contributor itself or the original contributor itself does not really want to help there because it might be not proper for them right so i think that's it. yeah that's a good idea and i i've done some some stuff like that as well because sometimes uh, the problem we are trying to, we are facing in our project is not the problem that everyone is facing and uh, in that case uh, we need to fork the project or make be make our own that may, it does not mean that you have to be disappointed that it did not went to the core repository but you made one for yourself instead and you can maintain it so yeah finally uh, there's this big uh, question of where open source project is moving uh, because as i said earlier there are only few maintainers in some of the project and they are used they have been used by millions uh, maybe millions of people or downloaded millions of times a day and there's no backing of uh, a, a big company like facebook or google and and people are starting to question if they should really make open source projects because it's jarring because people come in from different cultures and they ask questions and they try to uh, okay make okay i have this problem uh, your your package does not solve it or your your github repository does not solve it this is like this is not good enough so uh, what do you think is the open source how do you think is open source moving forward and uh, what is the next step for open source how should it go uh, i think uh, generally speaking open source is heading to the right direction that is we are fostering the community, right? I mean, more and more d developers have uh, evolved, uh, more and more platforms have evolved, and all they rely upon is like foundationally open source tools and technologies, right? So there are, have been prior proprietary tools as I've told before, but they also might use open source tools, right? So I think it's heading to a direction where people start to um, open source, they are closed source project more. Just take an example of VS Code. Microsoft has a very famous, uh, since two decades, uh, Visual Studio, which is a great idea ever. And yet they build an, an open source, lightweight uh, version of Visual Studio, which is named as VS Code. And that's a great example of the most uh, prominent I used open source project so far ID right and it, it is as per the stack overflow survey recently recent survey it is the most uh, popular now you can see like the the enormity or the magnitude of uh, I mean the power or the it gives to the people and it gives to the community as well so not you you can imagine like not all the people or developers might have a job, they could be student. They cannot buy the proprietary uh, softwares, right? And now the open source community allows it. We have all the tools available that you can use open source. 
Now, the people who want to buy licensed software, they can, always can, right? But the people who want to use and build tools uh, using the free software, they can as well. Right, so I think the, the later part of it would grow more, I would say, in the future, uh, right? So I think that is where our community is heading, and I think that is the right direction. Uh, I would agree with uh, Kavir. Uh, in terms of uh, what's the future of open source projects, uh, I have a mixed feeling almost most of the time or the most part. I think it's a positive direction. It's going in a positive direction. For, for me, I think uh, most important is like I would give you a specific example. I mean, uh, I think uh, we all use uh, NPM modules, right? Yeah. So. What happens in the MPL modules is all the packages that we use basically are most of the time open source, right? Some are proprietary, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, it's centralized. NPM package is centralized. So what I want is something that is open source and distributed. Because if the system fails, right? If the system centralized system fails, then we don't have any access to that, right? So I think for me, the open source would go to the right direction when it's distributed, when it's accessible from any nodes, right? Any services and it's open source. So I think for me, uh, I would like open source projects to be more distributed and open source in nature. So moving on to what VS Code, right? So I, I would like to go to a little bit of history, say uh, Internet Explorer and Chrome, right? Chrome was successful because Chromium was open source. It was contributed to a lot of, by a lot of people, right? And basically Node.js would not be possible without Chromium. We can say that, pretty much we can say that. And Electron basically. Electron would also be not, I mean, possible without uh, what do you say, Node.js itself, because it's a runtime, right? It's a combination of a V8 and a Node.js and a file system, networks and a sectum and whatever it is, it is right? So, and basically uh, moving on to the forward, it's a VS Code. It's a combination of everything, I guess. So it's uh, really powerful if we think about it. So I think it's a direction, it's going to the right direction, but basically for me personally, I would suggest to the open source community to be more distributed about it. Yeah, I think great point that uh, Robos uh, mentioned, like it has to be distributed. There should not be a single point of failure, which we have right now in even the most popular things like NPM, right? So I think I completely agree with this. And adding on, I would like to think, I think in the future, moving forward, we need an open source governance. Like governance in the same, so, so there's no, no uh, one uh, party that governs these open source projects or like maintains the standards. I think eventually we'll need somehow uh, these kind of things, right? Because we cannot, if it has to be used by the, the whole diversity of community, then there has to be somebody who is non-profit, who is not bound to any other uh, propriety uh, company, right? It has to be owned by the community. It has to be governed by the community. So I think some some kind of uh, governance should be there. And I think, I believe it would be there. And which would solve our problem like the distributed thing that Robo said. And a lot of other problems that would that we face right now in open source. And I think uh, it's a right direction, right? So I think that's it. Yeah, uh, really good ideas to uh to the open source community and where open source is heading. So I think what Kabir talked about is uh, the open source governance. There is kind of something like cloud native computing foundation, which where Kubernetes and all these uh, distributed stuff uh, and deployment tools that uh, that we use these days. There, there's one governance body which which do looks into some of those stuff. But I think in, uh, if there's more of these uh, governance kind of stuff which could manage 
which is not associated with completely a company or but instead with the community and they generate some income and they can provide it to the developers or to the maintainers i think that would be a great way for open source contributors to contribute more and think of how because because we have seen people who only contribute to open source only they 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 make a living out of open source it's that time right now if you know sindre sorus who is like the godfather of npm or he has like 3000 5000 packages by himself he is like full time open source so there are people those that are coming in the community who are full time also so to keep these people on hold and to provide them the sufficient amount they need to maintain this kind of stuff i think we need this kind of governance or maybe there's other ways uh, like what sindre does is like if if he has a critical issue in on one of his repositories what he does is he puts a bounty on that like $5 and someone comes in and gives him $5 he will fix that because that that is i think kind of a good approach to solve some of the problems because if it's used by millions of people you cannot solve everything you need some uh, incentive or you need some motivation around what you are doing so yeah Uh, so I think that uh, brings us to the end of the podcast. So I will link everything uh, on our show notes that the guys said about their repositories and also the things that we talked about. Finally, uh, to end the podcast, I've been doing this for quite a while now. So what are you guys doing these days, or maybe uh, what are your interests and what are you doing these days? Maybe in in terms of music, or maybe in terms of movies. Anything that's interesting that you found uh, in in the month's time, or maybe right now you're doing that you would like to share with us. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been a busy months, I guess. So, uh, f- uh, when I get a free time, I I I don't know if I'm a nerd or what. What do I say? Because I I, I don't. Uh, do a lot of uh, entertainment or i don't do a lot of uh, things beside uh, programming i guess because that's how i am maybe. so uh, apart from programming i have to say like i focus on uh, mathematics i would say uh, recently i'm looking into the differential equations and uh, complex numbers that's uh, uh, in more detail and depth and um, I, I tend to enjoy there i tend to enjoy the numbers i tend to enjoy the rationals and rationals numbers and there's a lot of things to discover there so apart from programming that's something that i focus on basically and uh, in terms of uh, doing a little bit of sites some site projects i would say uh, uh, right now i'm looking into the open source project called deno it's by Ryan Dial, right? So I think that's a perfect example of being open source and distributed for me. And that's how I think a lot of projects should go on from now, because uh, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of learnings to do from that project. So I, I looked into the source code there, I looked into the how the runtime is built, because I think they are replacing C++ with the runtime of uh, Rust, I guess, right? So it's a combination of V8 and combination of some sort of Rust and uh, tooling with the Pythons and all that. So it's in an infantry stage, so I think that's a great opportunity for everyone to look into that project and everyone to understand what he's trying to actually solve, because I think the direction we are heading, uh, heading for the JavaScript and the runtime itself, I think it's a great direction that's been initiated by Ryan Dahl himself who first initiated created a Node.js I guess right so I think that's the one project that I'm currently looking on and the most interesting thing about is I guess they are trying to replace the event loop uh, that's uh, been leave UV from the past three uh, past Node.js projects to the Tokyo 
Tokyo is another event loop that's been implemented in uh, Rust uh, and the new Deno library. So uh, I think for me as a Python developer, I am trying to replace that particular lib UV in the Python itself with uh, Tokyo. And that is something that I've been doing for about a month and I'm not being able to do successfully, but I'm trying hard to just replace lib UV from the Python core to the Tokyo because I think that's the most effective and efficient and uh, fast uh, event loop that's been implemented recently. I think that's what I'm doing. Now. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, talking about myself, so um, recently I've been learning to play Cajon. So, I think <laughs> out of work, that is it. And I jam up with uh, friends a bit just to have fun. So, uh, sometime in weekend or late, up, up to late night at home. So, I, I think that is something I do, uh, have been doing recently. And apart from that, so as per my learning, so I've been mostly exploring on these serverless technologies, uh, containerizing of your applications or scripts, and even the things like gRPC, which has been a bit of hype. So, I'm trying to uh, make use of these into our existing project and trying to explore like uh, using the best out of these uh, tools and their potential. So, because traditionally, so we have been using a lot of uh, server-based infrastructure like EC2 and deploying everything, right? And so I think the time now is like, we are slowly, as a community, we are evolving into microservices and slowly going serverless, right? So everything everything is available as a service, even platform as a service, infrastructure as a service, right? So I'm trying to like uh, explore more into it and uh, experimenting with our own simple POCs into uh, building things uh, that are decoupled using things like AWS Fargate, right, and uh, Docker, and Lambda, and these kind of things. So I'm morally, I mean, uh, exploring into these. Yeah. So I, I've been, I've been kind of exploring. So recently, yesterday, I think I looked into this video, like Svelte three. If you if you know the framework Svelte, S V E L T. So it's like, uh, they call it the magically disappearing fr uh, framework. So it's kind of, so I think uh, if you know Rich Harris, he's like a, a developer of uh, Rollup and also works in New York Times or something. So he has been creating this Swell 3 framework, which is like, which involves, which involves a lot of the concepts from uh, reactive programming, like Excel spreadsheets and those examples. and. Uh, if you can look go back and look to his recent uh, Swell 3 framework, it's like very much uh, that reactive thing that he talks about is like in like 20 lines of code, you can do something that is done in React in like 100 lines of code. And it's like, you right away, you can understand it. It's not like you need to understand the whole framework or something. So I think that that is kind of interesting. So. Yeah, that, that, that brings us to the end of our podcast. So thank you guys for coming in. Uh, and we'll see you soon on the Do Not Mars podcast on the next episode. So thank you. Thank you.